This week's podcast brought to you by Nut Butters. Late last night as our uh, seventh grader was, I thought, falling asleep, uh, you walked by to the laundry room speaking to somebody, and she said to me, uh, who is mom talking to? And I said, I think she might be on the phone. And our daughter said 10 seconds later, oh, she is on the phone. She just did her phone laugh. There's no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Right before we started recording, you said to me, I don't even remember how to do this anymore. We haven't done a podcast in three weeks. The last one we did was right after the Final Four, before the WNBA draft. So about what? three weeks ago, maybe four. That's how I document time is in, is in um, basketball dates. But it's been a while. Why? It's been mostly my fault. Um, well, I, first, after what? I don't mean to assess blame. It's nobody's fault. It's not like it's a, I don't, a problem. I don't mind acknowledging when something is no, but my fault. Listeners might be grateful that it's been three weeks. Sure, that's true. Um, but after, so we got got home from Final Four. Then it's super busy for me going to the WNBA draft, so we didn't do one that week. And then the following week, and this is kind of cool, actually, Um Maybe a month or so ago or a month and a half ago, um, I got an email from um, this somebody who represents a show called Girls 5 Eva, EVA, wanting t- exploring whether or not I would be willing to do a cameo appearance. Is it cameo appearance? Yeah, well, it's more than a cameo. You had, you had several to, scenes, Yes, right? to play myself in one of the episodes, in one of their episodes. And... Uh, it was a week I was free. And I'll explain the premise of the show. It's a girl. I can't. I can't oh. explain our, no, the no, premise the, of our not episode. Not of the episode of the show. It's been on for two seasons on Peacock. It's hilarious. So of course I binge watched it before I was on. Um, so if you have Peacock, watch the show. G I R L S. The number five E V A. Girls Five Eva. You explain the premise. Well, of the it, show. it was the, that's the name of of a '90s girl band, fictitious '90s girl band. Yeah. Who had a uh, in the show had a big hit in the '90s, and and now in sort of middle age are reuniting because their hit was sampled by a popular rapper, and they're suddenly kind of in demand again. And so they're women in their 40s, and uh, and they're also trying to you know be a a, a band again. And uh, it's uh, it's it's very funny. There are songs, you know. Legit sounding songs, but that are kind of comical in the show. And it's produced by Tina Fey and has a very kind of 30 Rock sensibility and some of the same actors. But it stars Sarah Bareilles, the the singer. Phenomenal singer, songwriter. Songwriter, piano player, Broadway star. Renee Elise Goldsberry from the original cast of Hamilton. Angela Sky, uh, Angelica Schuyler, right? Yes. 
Busy uh, Phillips. Busy Phillips and who, Paula um, Pell, yeah. And Paula Pell, yeah. And so when, when they first emailed me about, it, you know, would I be available these dates and would I be interested um, in being on an episode, you know how I am. My first thought was, ah, oh, that's right after the draft. Do I want to do this? And then our oldest daughter was like, first of all, you have to do it. And second of all, you have to bring me with you. And so um, I agreed to do it. It was happily agreed to do it and then was told um, because of COVID regulations still with the SAG union, I could not bring a guest. So our daughter was not able to come with me. But I went to, we filmed at a castle on Long Island. I was supposed to be there for three days. I ended up only being there um, for two days and filmed our episode and it was such a blast. And uh, and one of the reasons it was so fun was because um, those four women that you mentioned were absolutely incredible. Paula Pell, who, Paula Pell, who was a writer. Not Paul LaPell. Yes, who, was a, who uh, was a writer for a lot of years on Saturday Night Live, including in the late 90s and early 2000s, was a season ticket holder to the New York Liberty back when I was playing for the Liberty. So we were talking about that. Um, Renee Elise Goldsberry has a son who's around our son's age. Her son plays basketball too, so we were chatting about that. Um, anyway, it was th- th- you'd film a scene and then you'd have a long break while they reset the lighting or the camera angle or whatever. And so while there was this break, the, the, they turned this incredible room in um, the castle where we were filming like a common area into a into the green room. So we would just kind of all be hanging out in there. And um, at one point, we're just hanging out. There was a piano. This could be one of my favorite things about the two days. There's a piano. Grand piano, right? Grand, uh, uh, I don't think it was a grand piano. I think it was just like a player piano. Or upright not a player piano? piano, but an upright piano, yeah. And it had a sign that said, um, a sign on the piano that said, please do not play unless you are a professional. Now, this, this castle, which also... Um, our, our oldest daughter was thrilled about um, one of Taylor Swift's videos was filmed in this castle. Blank it has, space. Yes. It has a restaurant. Uh, people have weddings there. I think it's also a hotel. But anyway, so we're in this room. It's like a library. It's beautiful big piano with a sign on it. Please do not play unless you are a professional. <laughs> and at one point, we're just like sitting in between scenes in this. It's a giant room. And the piano's on one end, and suddenly I just hear the piano playing, and Sarah Bareilles is sitting there. She just starts playing um, Stand By Me. Lean On Me. Lean On Me. Yes, one of those. <laughs> lean On Me. Stand By Me and then Lean On Me. Yes, playing Lean On Me. And all the women just start singing, and they can all obviously really, really sing. And it turns into this jam session, and I'm just like thinking to myself, is it okay if I pull my phone out and start recording some of this? And I look and- They were recording themselves. They were, well, sort of. They were recording themselves, but also the hair and makeup people were in there, um, like touching up the ladies between their scenes. And um, and Renee and Busy were both filming. And, uh, you know, and this song is just sounds amazing. And all of a sudden, you, uh, uh, one of the- uh, I think it's an AP comes in and just like, all right, they're ready for to film the next scene. So all the women just stop singing and get ready to go over. But as we're leaving the green room, Renee says, I wasn't filming that whole time. I, my, I hadn't pressed record or something. So she was laughing about that. But um, once the episode airs, which I don't know when that will be. But, but it will be on Netflix. It will right? be on Netflix. So the, the first season. 
season three will be on Netflix, as will season one, seasons one and two. They're they're going to bring them over from Peacock to Netflix. They're nine episode seasons, I think, or eight episode seasons. And I don't know when our episode is going to air, but once it does, then they said I could post because I took a bunch of pictures while I was there took some videos. They just asked me not to post anything until after the episode airs. But once it does, um, I'll post some of this, uh, the stuff I took while I was there. But uh, it was just a blast. Those women were just incredible. It was it was a really, really good energy because those are it's really long, long days. And, you know, they're doing scenes over and over and over again. And um, so uh, and, and, and one of the other guest stars, for lack of a better word, who was a, who had a much bigger part than me, um, is a comedian named Catherine Cohen. And I, I was, wasn't really aware of her, but um, it was hilarious because our daughter, our oldest daughter, one of her friends loves Cat Cohen, went to see her do stand up in, in New York. And as our daughter told me, oh my gosh, so-and-so, the whole reason she got a fake ID was so that she could go watch Cat Cohen do a uh, do a stand up performance in New York. So um, I've already got tickets for our daughter and her friend. Uh, I purchased tickets for them to go see see Catherine do a stand up show and, in uh, June, I think. And you also procured a fake ID for her, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I got them tickets in a place where uh, where it's all ages or at least eighteen plus. But um, I mentioned to Catherine. I was like, you know, my daughter and her friend uh, will probably come see your show. And she's like, I'll give them tickets. I said, no, I, I believe in supporting, especially women. So I, um, but she did say like, make sure your daughter comes over and says hello after the show so I can meet her and her friend. So um, well, anyway, it was, it, that was the reason we did not do a podcast last week. I was explaining to our uh, seventh grader who everybody in the cast was. And I said, you know, this is Sarah Bareilles. Oh, she sings this. I played, I think, the song "Brave," and she says, "Oh, I know this song. I know that song." And then, I, you know, she knows she's seen the Hamilton movie and knows, uh, you know, all the songs from Hamilton. So she was familiar with that. And and you know, I just went through the IMDb listings of everybody in the cast, and and she said after I said all that, she said, "So is Mom the least famous person there?" Did you say by far? <laughs> I said. I said. Well, she certainly, she would certainly have the lowest uh, uh, profile among Broadway fans and uh, sketch comedy fans. Oh, for so. sure. And I mean, the wardrobe they had me in, number one, is very, very funny. I think it's very, very funny. And um, at one point, we're doing a scene where I have to give a character kind of a pep talk in a way, and the. Um, and the director said, you know, as she's walking away, like, you know, smack her on the butt, you know, encourage her. And uh, she, and she's like, would you, you know, would you do that? I said, I mean, I did it for the scene, but I said, no, I would never do that. But I also would never be wearing this yeah. <laughs> in real life. Like, I get that I'm playing not myself you have necessarily, to, but like a ridiculous version of myself. Yeah, you have to, you know, be buy into it, commit to the bit, and look ridiculous, and know that they'll make that ridiculousness funny. Yes, exactly. And uh, because I had watched the show, binge-watched the show, I knew I knew they make everything funny. Like, it's, it's really, really um, 
really well done. And the showrunner is, is a woman named Meredith Scardino. Created and, the show, uh, right? She created yeah. the show, yeah. And uh, and she was there. Um, and yeah, they're just a bunch of funny women who are also super talented. They can also, all of them can really sing. They're all very funny. Um, Sarah, obviously a great piano player as well. And um, anyway, it was just, it was cool to be part of that world for a, for a couple of days. So this is all one long written doctor's note excusing your absence from the podcast yes. last week. Exactly. And then came back just in time to turn around and drive to um, Western PA. Was I in Western Pennsylvania? No. Lancaster, Pennsylvania? You were, you were west of Philadelphia. Central PA. It's a five-hour drive from Connecticut. Um, there's a facility there called Spooky Nook. And I don't know, I have, to, I have to read up on the origins of it, but it's this. It's It just sent shivers down the spine of anybody who has had any connection to AAU basketball oh, yeah. it's, on the East Coast because it's a. It's this enormous facility. I don't even know how many courts are in this thing. It, it goes forever. But there was a huge um, AAU tournament there, an Under Armour tournament. And, uh, and so our daughter was playing, um, but it was also a big, big time showcase for some of the elite um, basketball teams in the country, you know, there in, and internationally, there's uh, their team from teams from Canada there, and uh, all the top coaches were there, kind of watching um, some of the top recruits in the country. So we we enjoyed that. Not only did our daughter play her own games, but she enjoyed going to watch some of the elite level teams um, that were playing. There was one morning we're there in courtside. It was. Jose Fernandez, who's the South Florida coach, then Gino Auriemma, um, Kevin McGuff, the Ohio State coach, um, uh, one of the assistants for South Carolina, assistant for Stanford. Like this court was lined with all the elite um, level coaches, and our daughter was just really enjoying kind of watching the basketball that was being played as well. It was uh, it was cool, but okay. it was it was out there, um, a long long drive away. Well, it was only an hour and 40-minute drive from where I was at a boys' AAU tournament in yes. Manalapan, New Jersey. That's right. And every time I passed the water tower in Manalapan, M-A-N-A-L-A-P-A-N, all I could think was a man, a plan, a canal, Manalapan. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Of course I know what the, you're talking about. The palindrome, about. a man, a canal, yeah. a, a man, a plan, a canal, Panama? Yes. Okay, just checking. No, I did. But instead of a palindrome, that would be more of a... A Manala uh, palindrome. What's that? A Manala palindrome, yes. Or a panalindrome. So when we were driving um, to Lancaster, you get off the highway at some point and you're on a thoroughfare. I don't even know what it would be called, but it's no longer a highway. It's like one lane each way with a bunch of rotaries, which I don't understand why they had all these rotaries but whatever and then there's this is also i guess in the heart of amish country because you would see signs you know that would um that could have said you know slow children crossing or whatever signs say and this one just had a picture of a carriage and a horse um although we never passed any horses or carriages um but we're kind of in the middle of it's an interesting intersection of like Amish country, farmland, but then all of a sudden there would also be like a strip mall somewhere. But my favorite was as we're driving, there's a building 
on the other side of the road and uh, for some uh, local health care thing and it um, like urgent care. And it, the sign said, competent, compassionate health care, competent, compassionate health care. Like, are you going there if there's any other option? I'm not trying to get competent health care. I'm trying to get like really, really good health care. I just thought it, I, I was fascinated by the choice of, is that an adjective? Competent health care. I, I don't want my hospital kind of trying to sell me on a billboard as I go by. If, if you need to be rushed to the ER, do you want to go to a place that says like, you know, with a flashing arrow saying, come here, we do a, we do a good job? I don't know. Yeah, it, I mean, it, we felt. I felt like we were out in the middle of nowhere. So it's not like I didn't feel like there was a hospital, you know, within a half hour of this competent, compassionate healthcare. And I, and I appreciate that they're compassionate. Um, I appreciate a little less that they're competent. Isn't that the baseline to be a medical professional? Is that you're competent? It it it, it literally is the baseline. First, do no harm, right? Right. So um, anyway, that was the one thing I wrote in my notes folder after uh, after making the five-hour drive to Lancaster. Can I read you the definition of what a thoroughfare is? Yes, please. It is not, as you had previously thought, a, a convention of Henry David Thoreau enthusiasts. A thoroughfare is a road or path forming a route between two places. Oh, so I wasn't a thoroughfare. You absolutely were. Where did, why would I even use that word? I must have heard my one of my parents use that word when I was a kid, and so I wanted to thry, throw out thoroughfare. You know, looking up this definition of thoroughfare, there's a, there's a an example of its usage. The, the bustling thoroughfares of central London. And a friend of mine the other day, just remembering this now, sent me uh, a screenshot of Merriam-Webster online dictionary and the definition of do-over. Okay? Mm-hmm. Do-over, noun, a new attempt or opportunity to do something after a previous attempt has been unsuccessful or unsatisfactory. And then the the example of usage, mm-hmm. as for his pitch, Keaton's first try was in the dirt. He requested a do-over and fired one right down the middle. Steve Russian. So so my... my, my uh, Where's that from? Merriam-Webster's Dictionary Online. You're an, something you wrote is an, exa- an, is an uh, example. This, in, is, this is not the first. It's not. Or the only. I, I run into this occasionally, but. What do you mean you run into it occasionally? How do you run into it? You're looking up a word's well, definition. When, when you when say, I, oh, I, I, I'm the I, example. Go, I go into public libraries and those giant dictionaries that are open on a wooden stand. Just I, f- I page through them until I see my name. Okay. Much as I do uh, in the index of a book that I think, you know, might mm. mention me. And if it doesn't, I, I don't I don't pick it up. But yeah, so I'm I was hoping that my still hoping that my name becomes synonymous with do over. You know, like like uh, instead of taking a mulligan in golf, you'll you'll take a Russian. Yeah, right. I mean, you, you would certainly like to take a Russian on on this <laughs> I marriage, mind right? Do over. <laughs> Once again, I'm synonymous. As long as I with, can keep the kids. Shall we get to viewer mail? Yes, let's get to viewer Before mail. Before we get to viewer mail, can I just read you something, sweetheart? Only if it's from the Webster dic- Dictionary and it has to do with you. Okay, well then let's do that. Okay. The definition of, hyperbo- of hyperbole. Mm-hmm. 
whatever the definition is, examples of hyperbole. One, four decades later, we're all blabbermouths adrift on a sea of hyperbole, shouting to be heard. Yours truly, Sports Illustrated, April 1, 2002. 2002. I, I won't bore you with other other citations, but a do-over and hyperbole. Does that oh sound... Oh, gosh, that's kind of perfect. If yeah. they're going to cite you in examples of two words, do-over and hyperbole are two pretty good ones. What's Who's um, cited in uh, pomposity? Well, that's just a photograph of me. Okay. Let's get the viewer mail. What do you okay, say? Okay, let's do, let's do that. All right. Big bad book, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. It's been a while, so the mailbag is is full. Is the mailbag hefty? Well, I don't know if it's full. I don't know. It's a virtual mailbag, so it probably can't be full. This comes from Gloria. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Gloria, thanks for another enjoyable pod. I'm responding to Rebecca's call for memorable coffee stories. Ooh, yes. I have two from my college days at Indiana University. A friend and I had gone to a local coffee house, and this was before the days of chain coffee shops and before we all knew everything there is to know about coffee. I had ordered what for me at that time was a new phenomenon, an espresso. I then went to my college job at the university budget office and was taking a, and was talking a mile a minute. A coworker finally asked me what I had to, had to drink, and when I told her it was a new coffee called espresso, she explained it was coffee on steroids with enough caffeine to send me into a tailspin. My second IU coffee story involves the young man I was dating at the time taking taking for me from the cafeteria a cup and saucer embossed with the school logo. He wrote in calligraphy on the bottom, you drive me even to criminal acts. <laughs> wow. Hmm. hmm. Isn't that special? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? The church lady. I know it was the church lady, but... You drive me to criminal acts. Yes. I, that's... It's funny, no? Yeah, it's funny. I, I mean, I, it's a, it's an interesting um, new category of yeah, your, your coffee and criminality, yes. let's call it. Yes. Uh, keep up the great work, writes Gloria. Gloria the Snowbird from Arizona by way of Colorado or however I signed my name last time. Sounds perfect to me. Does you will now forever be known though as as Gloria who who drives men to criminal acts, <laughs> the abettor. Alfred uh, writes, "Hi Steve and Rebecca, I have two topics. I recently listened to Steve's book Knights in White Castle from Audible.com. I loved every word of it. Thank you very much, Alfred. Much appreciated." The work is funny, so many good pranks and wacky experiences in that part of Steve's life. Heartwarming, so much love in Steve's family, and nostalgic for me as I also graduated from Marquette in 1988. Well, wow. Nice. That's, the, I mean, I think you're you're squarely in the demographic then. Yes, about that a question. Book about my high school and college days. I, I thought that... Uh, Greg Balia did a great job as the narrator, but the fact that Steve does not narrate his own books surprised me. Because Steve is such a good podcast co-host, I expected to hear his vocal talents. Now, Rebecca, I'm, that, that might be an example of hyperbole, but uh, I, I've never been asked to voice my own books, and I've never Does the same person asked. voice both of your books? Yes. Okay. Can Steve talk about the decision to have someone else do the narration? It, it, it amuses me that there was a decision. I I was informed, you know. I don't, I'm not even sure that I was informed. I don't even know that they 
never asked me anything about the audio versions. I have heard from some people, uh, you know, if there's a mispronunciation, particularly of Edina, Minnesota, as Edina, which amuses me because it irritates the citizens of that uh, suburb of Minneapolis. But uh, no, there was no decisions, discussions. What if they had chosen a person who has a really annoying accent or an annoying sounding voice? Would you have uh, voiced your displeasure to the to the book well, publisher? Fortunately, they chose a really good person, the, right? Yeah, I think he's a an acclaimed voice actor. But I, I, um, this will come as a shock to you. You've never listened to it, and to our listeners. Well, I haven't listened to the the books now, not because of the voice actor, but because of my own. You wrote them. Why would you yeah. listen to them? Well, I, I would be self conscious listening to them. But what I was going to say is the shock is the shock to you and our listeners is that. Contrary to what you would ex- what you would think, I don't love the sound of my own voice. I don't even like the sound of my own voice. I call BS on that. Well, it's true. I mean, but anyway, so that so there was no decision. <laughs> it doesn't stop you from orating. Doesn't stop me from orating. No, it doesn't. The, 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 would you like me to stay silent on the podcast? It seems no, like a, not it on seems the like podcast. An, Seems like an audio uh, medium. Yes. Okay. Anyway, I, I think listeners should know that the only talking I do around here, in the course of a given week or the last three weeks, is on the podcast. That's not quite true. But it's close. Can I can I say one? Can I bring up something that you do that's slightly? What's the word I'm looking for? Annoying. Yes. Infuriating. Not infuriating, just slightly annoying. I haven't brought this up to you before. Well, then by all means, I think this is the best possible forum for for it. Is when you talk on the phone and you have it on speaker. Every couple of weeks when I talk on the phone. Yes. Especially if you're calling somebody to resolve an issue. So say um, you had an issue with a... um, I don't know if it was a credit card or whatever, and I know you're you're putting it on speaker so that I can hear in case you need my help. <laughs> but I don't want to listen to your phone call. Like either put in earbuds or like I wear my earpods now, AirPods I guess they're called, because like I don't like holding the phone to my ear because then your hands aren't free. So I under and sometimes I'll speak on I'll be on speaker if I'm the only one home, but I don't want I don't want to hear somebody else's phone call. You're not the only one who does it. Plenty of people do it, but. I Would think you, your phone call is your phone call. Was it was the sound of my 89-year-old father's voice on the phone this morning irritating to you? No, and and, and that's not I'm not not against anyone <laughs> you're talking to. That was that was that was a a That was a cheap intentional shot. cheap shot. That was a cheap shot. But it, but, but, but just but as that's, a general practice and, f- and and our and if any of our listeners talk on speakerphone when other people are around, it's just I don't want to be a part of that your is, conversation. That is the phone call. That I had this morning that, that prompted that this. made me remember this, but that's but it wasn't the or it's not the origin of it. No, and it's, and some like I one time you that, called, I, you had to call our bank. I only do that, and, and you were all stressed out because I don't know you had to deal com- with some issue, and so I left the room because I'm like, this isn't right. my issue. Yes, I don't want to be dealing with this your right issue. now. It, it, you know, it's you your issue. You make it my issue. No, you know it's your issue. Well, then if it's my issue, you should ask me, is this a good time for me to call and put it on speaker so you can deal with it? 
it's not me dealing with it. I don't know no, the no, account so number, and I don't know the the whole the whole issue. Incidentally, was I didn't know the passwords to get into our own bank account. I know. So anyway. Anyway, Alfred has a, a short second point. Two, one more thing. Could you go back to pronouncing Mercedes like the Scottish form, former Formula One commentator, Paul DeResta? I missed the way he said Mercedes. So, You're your Sean Connery yes, we'll, slur. We'll, we'll, um, we'll go back to Mercedes. It comes from Alfred. Alfred, thank you for the kind email, Alfred. Mostly completionist and confirmed coffee snob. How about this? How about my brother? I have one brother, six years older than me. We've talked about him before. 611 judge here in the state of Connecticut. He has just started listening to the podcast on his commute to and from work, and he's listening from the beginning. So now I'll just get random texts from him that'll say, like, I didn't know that. Uh, I knew the fifth grade teacher um, did this. I didn't know she told you to lip sync. I'm mad. <laughs> like, he's throwing out stuff from 20 that we talked right. about in 2017 wow. as he's listening to the podcast, but I, I'm kind of enjoying it. Good. He's living. He's living in pre-COVID times. He doesn't oh. even know that there's been a COVID nineteen the pandemic. That's right. He'll be. You think? Think? Well, we won't spoil it for him and tell no. tell him what happens. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Gail, I repeat the gratitude expressed expressed by DGS for continuing to quote give the people what they want. Yes, we are the people, and we are thankful. I'll hop right into my enumerated thoughts. One. I work in HR. Part of my job is organizing employee activities. A few weeks ago, as part of March Madness, we had Dip Day. The company provided chips, veggies, and Chick-fil-A nuggets, and employees brought in their favorite dips and sauces. The winner was from accounting. She brought in a slow cooker of homemade queso. There were some amazing homemade dips, and my coworkers requested that we do Dip Day in the fall or for college football kickoff. That's a great idea. And Rebecca, slow cooker, queso. Mm. I mean, why haven't we done that? We, I don't know why we haven't done that yet, but that sounds delicious. I wonder how they Several, how they did it. Did they have like a ladle and people would put some dip into a cup? Because obviously you, know, you can't you, just dip your. You know, somebody from accounting just 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 dragged a, um, a chip right through there. Yeah. May have. But but what would it be? You know, you get those those glass jars of uh, liquid cheese, like on the on the chip shelf yeah. of the grocery. Yeah. Pour a bunch of those in and add some what? I don't think that they got a bunch of jars of that. I bet it was a homemade. Cheese delicious. Put a brick of Velveeta in and watch. Put a probably some. Um, I'm guessing there's some cream cheese in there. Maybe there's sour cream. Um, I'll have to look up a recipe though, because it sounds like it could be a delightful concoction to dip your chip in. (laughs) (laughs) What I what I think it is, or at least should be, and I'm willing to try this experiment. Take a take a brick of Velveeta, put it in the crock pot. You know, and slow cook it all day. Put a put a put your phone on the tripod and and do a time lapse video of it melting, and then eat it. Okay. All right. Two. This is from Gail. My third grader is part of his school's drama club. He is a hydrogen molecule in the springs in this spring's production. He's a hydrogen molecule. Awesome. He is thrilled about his role, and we are both bursting with pride and very curious about what this play is all about. Also, he's in the 90th percentile for height and weight, so he fields lots of questions about what position he plays in football. Like many of our tall viewers, he swims. Nice. He's got to be the tallest hydrogen molecule in the school play, wouldn't yes. you think? I would think. I'm curious now what the play is about. Three, I'm guessing it's not uh, a play that we're, 
we're already familiar with. I can't think of any hydrogen molecules in Shakespeare or... Because those are the plays you're familiar with? Shakespeare high, and... High School Musical, the musical, the play. Yeah, it could be. Maybe a hydrogen molecule in that. Three, lastly, I received a jury summons and am expected to report for duty tomorrow, April 11th. I will report back as to my experience as a juror. I don't remember where Gail lives, but perhaps she is a rural juror. Could be. And uh, I I hope, this being April 20-something, that her her, uh, jury duty is complete and that she's not been sequestered for, for six months. Yes. Random thoughts from Claire with an A-I-R-E. Claire writes, hello, Rebecca and Steve. This email has been a long time in the making, so I apologize for the randomness. Never apologize for the randomness, Gail. One, although they're enumerated. One, your conversation several weeks back when your clothes dryer wasn't working piqued my interest. Clothes can be hung outside even in frigid temperatures. Quebecois do this all the time. Who? Quebecois. The people of Quebec. Oh. And she even helpfully pronounced... uh, uh, provides a, a phonetic spelling K E B E K W A. Okay. Quebec Quebecois do this all the time. I have driven through rural Quebec in the winter and seen clothes and sheets frozen solid hanging on front porches. See this tree hugger article if you're interested. Well, I, I mean, so your 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 shirt say is is a frozen solid. Um, is there a benefit to doing that? Like, why wouldn't you just hang them in your house where they'll stay warm and dry and still dry, whether on a drying maybe, rack or a hanger maybe, maybe or wanna... just something else? Well, in your house? Hang your clothes out to dry, as we did when I was a kid. Uh, we did that in the summertime too, but in was, the winter, why would you was, do that? Uh, why would you but do it, that it way? had a fresh, you know, f- fresh air kind of smell of it. Well, yeah, but. I wouldn't want any of my garments of clothing to be frozen solid. Would well, if you? if you could hang them outside or walk around with your your wet clothes in like in a kind of a rainforest cafe of of damp laundry, why would you why would you choose the the latter? I don't know. Two, another suggestion for leftover celery: ants on a log. Ants on a log. Oh yeah. Ants on a log. C- look, cream cheese. Looking like a fool with your ants on a log. Yes, cream cheese and raisins. Yeah, this fantastic snack of celery, the log, raisins, the ants, and peanut butter. Ooh, peanut butter. I, I would prefer peanut butter to the cream, cream cheese. cream cheese fixation today. Well, no. A lot of times ants on a log are with, with cream cheese. And peanut butter, the medium to hold the ants in place, was out of my repertoire for years until getting pregnant last year. Now it is a standby, and we buy celery just to eat it like this. Oh, celery is a good vessel for peanut butter cause, or any nut butter. Um, I, I'm partial to almond butter, but... Uh, it's a good way to. Can can you can you rank nut butters for me? I can rank number one for me is almond butter. Number two is probably peanut butter. Number three, cashew butter. You've never had cashew butter. I have. I don't buy it because it's number three. I do buy almond butter and peanut butter. I use almond butter when I make um, like the uh, the oatmeal roll up things. Energy balls, peanut butter balls, whatever people call them, but I use almond butter for those. Have you ever had hazelnut butter? Uh, I may have. What about butternut butter? No. Would that be redundant? Yes. I'm just looking up uh, names of nuts now. Yeah. 
Three, uh, I heard a brief interview with uh, Monica Zanano after the championship game. She mentioned Zanano. What did I say? Zanano. You said it a little differently. Are, than are, I did. are, are the two names not Zanonymous? <laughs> no. Monica Sanano. Monica Sanano. Mm-hmm. I, I heard a brief interview with <laughs> Monica Sanano after the championship game. Mm-hmm. She mentioned she was going to be playing overseas next year. Can you speak to how many American players are still going overseas to play professionally and if Brittany Griner's detainment has impacted this at all? I wish more women could play professionally stateside. Happy spring, Claire. So, Claire, a lot of players still go overseas to play. They just don't go to Russia. So Russia for many years was the place that women would go play, and that's where they would get the most money. Um, The top players now tend to go to teams in Turkey. Brianna Stewart's uh, Turkish team, Fenerbahce, just won their first European championship. Um, Also the name of uh, one of Turkey's big soccer clubs, Fenerbahce, along with Galatasaray. Go ahead. And uh, those are those, yeah, those are two of the big women's basketball teams as well. And um, players go to France, uh, Israel. So players still go overseas. Um, the top talent gets the most money now in Turkey, where it used to be uh, Russia. So um, I do think a couple players went back to Russia, which just boggles my mind. Um, but the women play over there from I think about September through April, and uh, and make considerable amount more generally speaking than they than they make in the WNBA because it's a much much longer season. Stacy spelled S T A C Y writes Hi Stacy. I work about- with a Stacy spelled that way S T A C Y. Anyway. I mean there's what are the other options with an E? Yeah. Or an I C E Y or an I E or just an I. Yeah, probably. Hi, Stephen Rebecca. On my windy walk this morning, I was thinking about my best cup of coffee. Several years ago, we were fortunate enough to travel with my son's soccer team to play in a tournament in Spain. We spent a week in Spain, then finished off with three days in England. I could probably say that every cup of coffee in Spain was the best cup because it was delicious and it was usually paired with a spectacular view. In, In England, not so much. Since they are tea people, the coffee is horrible, at least where we were. The second day, we headed to the train station to spend the day in London and found Starbucks. I'm from Seattle, but I'm not really a Starbucks fan. It will do in a pinch. However, I will say that this was the best Starbucks I've ever had and one of my more memorable cups of coffee. I've had Starbucks in England and also Costa Coffee, a big chain over there, but um, but I wasn't a coffee drinker until last year and haven't been to a an English Starbucks in the year since I've been a coffee drinker. So I wonder... If it's the opposite of Guinness, so the closer you get to Dublin, the better the Guinness tastes. The farther you get from Seattle, do you think it? it the uh, better the Starbucks tastes. Could be. I will say that I had uh, a chain cup of coffee in uh, in New Jersey near Manalapan, but not in Manalapan. And it, but I didn't have the creamer that that you like to get. Yeah. And and. And I, I couldn't drink it. I couldn't choke it down. I took one or two sips and realized that it wasn't wasn't for me. Yeah, I've become the person when I went to Long Island um, for a couple of days. I brought with me some of the oat milk creamer that we like, well, 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 and uh, and to put it in the little fridge that I had in the hotel room. And then when I went to um, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, I also brought my, the, my own creamer because I've decided that. I 
only really enjoy coffee when I have this particular creamer in it. And I also realized that I prefer coffee from like a gas station than from a Starbucks or say a Dunkin' Donuts or something like that. Cause like I put in my own creamer and even at, at the hotel where we were staying in, um, in Lancaster, which is like an inn and sweets kind of a place where they have breakfast and then they have the big urns of coffee out like that kind of coffee tends to be pretty good. It's hot and, um, and at gas stations, I feel like there's so many people who get their coffee there that it's, it's just always hot and somewhat freshly brewed. And that I prefer that as long as I have my own creamer, I prefer coffee from like a gas station than I do from Starbucks or Dunkin' or well, unless it's a caribou, then, I, then I'll probably like the, the boo. I, oh, I was going to say that, uh, you know, back to Stacy's email, Long Island, when you, where you brought your own coffee, like London, is a place where they prefer tea. <laughs> iced tea. Did Long you have any Island Long Island tea? Long Island iced teas while you were well, there? I used to like Long Island iced teas I, when I was in. You know that I know that when I was in my early twenties and could consume them without also paying in, the price for it. Also in your late twenties, is that my late twenties as well? I uh, I would enjoy a Long Island iced tea or multiple. I haven't had a Long Island iced tea in twenty years, probably. That's that's from a formal lifetime. You become a Moscow mule person. I do like, like Moscow mules, one, yes. one, Like maybe one one every Couple 10 months. months. <laughs> yes, maybe three a year. Gets nutty. In England, okay, so um, now that the NCAA tourney is done, I'm looking forward to the WNBA season, right, Stacy? It should, be, it should be exciting with all the free agency moves. Win or lose, I will support the hometown and the birdless, the birdless storm. Ooh, it might be a long year for you, Stacy. I don't know. I think Seattle might struggle, but I'll say this. you This would be a great year for Seattle to lose a lot because next year, Caitlin Clark is um, could come out. She could also return for another year, but um, if Seattle ended up with the number one pick, I think Caitlin Clark would love to play there and... Uh, and would not take her fifth year of eligibility. So this this is a good year for Seattle to be bad and then find their way into the into the lottery. Uh, the birdless storm doesn't that sound like an like a brooding independent movie or it does. or a or a, like a novel? sci-fi yeah. end of times? Yeah, the birdless storm. Yeah, uh, I've been watching her so long; it will definitely be very strange. Thank you, Stacy. Um, I'm trying to think what, you know, the, uh, tank for Clark kind of rhyme would be, but, um, it will come to me. Go eventually. dark for Clark. Well, that, that, I think they're just not going to play at all. Does that no. make any sense? No. Well, let's think of something. Um, Tom in Missouri writes, Tom in Missouri question mark. So uh, let's see if this, let's uh, see where Tom actually is. Tom may not know where he is. Dear, dear one, Rebecca to Steve. My most memorable cup of coffee is pretty easy because it's also my only cup of coffee. Mm. Let's hear more. My wife and I were visiting a friend of ours who was a Benedictine monk at a monastery in the high desert of Southern California. I mean. You had me at Benedictine monk. You had me at the high desert of Southern California. I mean, come on. Is there a low desert? I mean, are you sure he's visiting a Benedictine monk or was he visiting like, uh, you know, Rick Rubin and his... uh, 
yoga lair or something. I, I, I let's let's this is either way. It's, go on. Yes. He took us back into his small room there and happily showed us one of his few possessions: a small espresso maker. Espresso or Nespresso? Espresso. Okay. You don't think that uh, our previous correspondent's uh, criminal boyfriend became a monk after the... uh, Could be. Let's see. And offered to make us some. While I will never match the inner peace of a monk who lives in the desert, it was clear that making us espresso was going to bring him happiness, and I didn't want to deprive him of that. So I said, sure, while my wife looked on in amazement and confusion, knowing that I just don't drink coffee. And paragraph, new paragraph. Well, first, can I interject? But no, can, I, can, I just, can I just say that no? no, the, the, the second paragraph is just one sentence. Okay. The espresso did not change my opinion of coffee. <laughs> what a great coffee story, though. Of course you're going to say yes. You have a Benedictine monk. One of his few possessions is an espresso maker. Makes you, I mean, what a great, like, so far he wins, right? If we're asking people for their best coffee story. Well, no. That's I mean, the winner so far. No. We, we, uh, you don't like that I'm making it a contest? Well, it's not a, it's not a contest. It? Right. And and, and the, the inspiring acts of criminality, I think, is... is uh, well, but if you're going to ask we have, me to we rate have, my nut butters, can I at least rate the coffee? Yeah. You, but you declined to rate... Oh, you did rate your nut I butters. I did rate my nut butters. Um, have you ever had nutter butter... Candy uh, cookies? Remember yeah, nutter butter course. cookies? They're shaped like peanuts. Do you remember what the ad slogan was? I don't. May I have another Nutter Butter cookie from Nabisco? Was that the slogan? Yeah. Was there a jingle a jingle that went with it? Well, it or was did, it just... Did, did I mention this on the podcast? Because you've listened to it more recently than I have. Or was I just telling somebody this at the AAU tournament about um, my recovered memory of the TV commercial jingle from New York City in the 1980s? I don't remember. I woke up one morning in the last couple of weeks, forgive me if I've already told this, and intact from like 1988 when I moved to New York City was a TV commercial jingle that I hadn't thought of in 35 years. And it it just returned to me as I was waking that morning. And it was for the D'Agostino grocery chain. Mm -hmm. When you talk about fresh, then you're talking D'Agostino. Fresh, fresh, fresh. When you talk about fresh, then you're talking about what we know. Fresh, fresh, fresh. Dagasino, the grocery chain that had dag bag on their grocery bags. Yeah, I know Dagasino. Why? What happened? The apostrophe, right? Yeah. Why? Why did that return to me? I don't any know. Idea. I but don't know. But same what, thing with with you, nutter butter cookies. Your brain, uh, I can't figure it out. So. And Steve attached is a picture of the cover from the program for a play we saw last week. Though the events in the title do not actually appear on stage and are mostly only discussed. I did like one line, and there's a there's a program from a play at the Repertory, Repertory Theater in St. Louis, the Rep, and the play is titled Gruesome Playground Injuries. That's the title of the play? Gruesome Playground Injuries by Rajiv Joseph, directed by Bex Redman. Yes. Um, the, the person's first name is Bex? The, the person who's directing it, yes. B-E-C-K-S? Is that a, a Correct. masculine, feminine? Man, woman, what's Bex? Bex? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, you, that, that, that's that, that your nickname occasionally, right? People have called you Beck. Beck. Bex. That doesn't. It doesn't not interest me. I find it interesting. I'm curious. My curiosity is peaked. As the to, surname is masculine, Redman. 
I did like one line, writes Tim, uh, in which one character compares a room to a dungeon and the other asks, what does somebody do in a dungeon? And the first character responds, you languish. <laughs> uh, that comes from Tom in Clayton, Missouri, question mark. What's with the question mark? I think it may have been a typo or or maybe he's not entirely sure. Maybe, mm-hmm. maybe that espresso he had in the monastery is still uh, messing with him. Maybe. Chris in St. Petersburg. I, I'm guessing that's in Florida and not in Big Russia, Chris. but who knows? Hello, Rebecca and Steve. I have not corresponded in a long time and continue to be amazed by DGS's correspondence streak. I mean, DGS is, he's got a, a Ripken-like oh, yeah. Iron time. Man streak. Big time. I mean, we really haven't uh, extolled that enough, have I'm we? Not, I agree with you, yes. Rebecca, when you ask Caitlin Clark about why she doesn't wear knee pads, can you also ask why some players tuck in their shorts and some wear leggings on only one leg? Is it a fashion statement or is there a benefit? Rebecca, I'll I'll give you the floor. It's usually a leg sleeve. And I don't know. I haven't really I, – I never did ask Caitlin about the knee pads. Um, and I haven't never asked the player about a leg sleeve. But maybe I will because – although I'll say this. When I was coming back after I'd torn my ACL um, – it was harder to keep that the injured knee warm. And if people wore leg sleeves in those days, I would have loved to have worn one just to keep my legs warm, especially when we were in cold arenas, if you warmed up and then if you weren't starting and coming in late or whatever, it was just hard to get your body warm again. So I think that's why some players wear them. Some players wear leg sleeves or arm sleeves because um, they have tattoo sleeves and their coaches don't want visible tattoos or maybe you'll allow a a tattoo here and there, but not a tattoo like full arm sleeve or leg sleeve. So they make the players cover them up. That's that's a reason on occasion as well. When we were at our tournament at Spooky Nook, our daughter in her first game um, skinned her knee and there was a store there and I bought knee pads and made her wear them the rest of the tournament. And um, I'm still a firm believer that there's no reason not to wear knee pads. You should always wear knee pads playing basketball. I can't get our son to do it, but I think our daughter, now that I got the knee pads, is going to be is going to be wearing them from now on. Also in the same episode, writes Chris, you mentioned that your son can touch the ceiling of a movie theater bathroom and your youngest daughter is a tree in her play because she's the tallest person in her school. It reminded me of a past comment that if the family stood on each other's shoulders, the Russians are taller than the green monster. In fact, we would have to stand on each other's on each other's heads because we would lose height if we stood on each other's shoulders, right? Shoulders wouldn't so, be enough. I think if we were all laid to end and end to end and then and then uh, raised upright by a crane, we would we would have been thirty eight feet tall at Not that, that point. we could do it anyway, but it would be much more difficult to stand on each other's heads than it would be to stand on each other's shoulders. But then we would have been the height of the thirty eight foot tall green monster. Now I, I think we've surpassed maybe thirty nine feet. I don't know. I'll let you do that math. And uh, uh, what architectural wonder, asks Chris, has the family surpassed at this point? Oh, well, that's on you to figure out. I, I just I just did figure it out. Okay, let's hear it. What the next, what the next milestone is All right. for the family is the 40-foot mark. And what is 40 feet tall? Yes. The Hollywood sign. So that, that if we've surpassed the green monster, the next the next iconic landmark 
well, I don't think we're 40 feet tall yet. That oh, would but be, that would be the next one. 40 feet tall. What's 40 divided by six? Uh, seven. Oh, that's 42. Yeah, but ish. Well, we're, we're, we're not, not going to get there. We're not going to get to 42 feet, no. We're not going to get to 40 either. Well, I'm certainly not going to help at this point. Yeah. But we've got we're not getting at least there. two kids who are still growing, right? We'll we'll, figure, we'll do the math. Well, say say everybody ends up six and a half feet tall, which we're, you and I are not. That would get us to thirteen twenty six forty nine. Oh, what are we trying to get to? Forty. We might get there. We I mean, we might have to take in a another kid for a while. Right now we're thirty seven inches total, all, all of us combined. Thirty seven inches. I'm sorry, 37 feet. Oh, we're talking, what? Six times six is 36. And all but one of us is is over, over six feet tall. Yeah, but then the inches, you need lots, it's 12 inches to a foot. So right now we're 37 point something inches in total. I'm sorry, in feet, we'll 37 have, point we'll, something. Let, let's turn this over to an international accounting firm. They can measure us. Add it up, divide it, and see how many feet we are. Okay. okay. We'll hand it so over. So maybe we haven't even surpassed the green monster So yet. right now we go 6-5, and 5-10. And the ones who are still growing are the 5-10 and the 6-4. You and I and our 18-year-old, I'm pretty confident, are done. Yeah, and we're not going to account for shrinkage. No. Okay. Well, somebody somebody who's who has a calculator. I was going to say somebody who's good at math, but somebody who who has a calculator and can do simple division. Well, we'll figure that out for us. Yes. Rebecca, enjoy a great a break between basketball seasons. As always, thanks for keeping us entertained. Thank you, Chris. This is from your resident chief HR officer, Chris in St. Petersburg. Two HR Hello, uh, people writing in today. I should say before we get to his. Uh, well, well, I'll get to. We'll get to so we we still have. Uh, uh, bomb to bomb diggity in Huntersville, North Carolina writes, dear ball, red plus mark and chain. Look at that. Ball, he's got the red nice. plus and chain. The, the, the contraband um, plus sign. One, the May issue of Sports Illustrated arrived today and is and as is my custom, I checked the lineup to see if Steve had an article. Thank you for the entertaining tale about the Van Gundy brothers. Uh, thank you, great. Bob. Uh, we, that doesn't count as a column. What does it count as? Well, how would I refer to your your piece on the Van Gundys? A piece on the Van Gundys? Oh, or an article well, it was on the terrific. Van Gundys? A really feature, enjoyed, a profile I of the... very much enjoyed it. Thank you. I wrote about uh, Jeff and Stan Van Gundy in the current issue of Sports Illustrated. It's also available online. Two, have you watched any of the Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes cartoons that have aired on Turner Classic Movies as part of their Warner Brothers 100th anniversary celebration? Each night of April between 7.50 and 8 p.m., it's like being transported to Saturday morning circa 1973 with the wacky antics of Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Yosemite Sam, and the rest. I have not. I did see a, um, uh, a documentary on Turner Classic about the Warner Brothers. It's mostly about Jack Warner, and it was fascinating. And they have been doing a 100-year uh, kind of tribute to Warner Brothers Studios, but I didn't realize they were running the Merry Melodies and the Looney Tunes in prime time. I will check that out. All right. I mean, you talk about a time machine to Saturday morning. That was that. That is and will be it. Before we get to Doctor Siegel, he did send 
links to two stories, one by friend of the pod, Sam Farmer, on the secret hey. room, uh, at, secret Augusta, room where? at Augusta National. Okay. Sam covered the Masters where they store green jackets, and um, that was in the LA Times. A and, secret room? Well, it's not secret because they let Sam in right. to, to write about it, but it's uh, I think it was billed as secret in the, in the headline. But they don't allow photographs. They, they like to um, try to... Uh, 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 sell their mystique at that place, and and Dr. Siegel. Um, uh, n- another link to a story in the New York Times uh, in praise of Steely Dan, and uh, I read that and I enjoyed it. And Dr. Siegel, he knows that I'm a Steely Dan stan, so thank you for that. And now he, let's get to his uh, his uh, correspondence report. I don't, I don't remember the episode that he's recapping, but I'm sure he'll remind us. Okay? Yes. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Siegel, I hope that you had a very nice Easter, and I'm typing away while working on Easter, where one of two babies have already been delivered, and the day is still young. Total, uh, the day is young. Right. And so are so are the, um, the day's, uh, what would you call it? The day's work? The day's production? I mean, the day's... Deliveries? Deliveries. That's the word I was searching for. Harvest seemed uh, inappropriate. (laughs) Uh, Totals and highlights will be in the baby report, which is part of the enumerated list to follow. Lest I forget, in all of my notes, I've inadvertently forgotten to thank producer Denny Gallagher for his fine work in making the podcast such a success. Yes. Surely I am remiss in not having done so previously, and unlike Leslie Nielsen, will not call Denny Shirley. With no further ado- Shirley, Shirley. Exactly. With, but do, do not deny Denny, and it's spelled the same way, D E N Y. Exactly right. Exactly right. With no further ado, and he's not saying with no further adieu, the French way. I present a list. One, apparently newer homes such as ours have expansion tanks connected to hot water heaters. These are designed to catch the overflow of hot water, which expands as it heats, and the expansion tanks are half filled with an air-inflated rubber bladder under pressure to keep a balance between air and water. Do you know where this is going or do you know where it's coming from? No. The bladders can fail and thus expansion tanks need inspection periodically and replacement. So with two hot water heaters in our home and with water flowing out of the bicycle type air valve of the expansion tank of one of them, I undertook replacement with the aid of YouTube videos. Oh, that sounds like a a terrible idea. like a recipe for, I don't know. I got soaked by pressurized water, not hot, thankfully, during the first replacement, and then got a tad smarter by hooking up a garden hose to drain water and pressure on the second unit. Steve, let me know when you're ready to change both your filters and or your expansion tank. See, Dr. Siegel, his hands are important to what he does. He's catching these babies. And I don't catching know, them? Well, yeah. I don't know that I, I like him putting his hands in, in a vulnerable mechanical situation. Take care of I mean, those I things. I think it's the exact opposite. A man who is delivers babies for a living would have no qualms about about uh, reaching into the expansion tank, <laughs> right? Into the, I suppose that. I mean, you know, uh, the, the stakes are so much lower. The expansion tank, is that how you're referring to a, a birthing mother now? Is the baby's coming out of her expansion <laughs> tank? I love that when you. But actually, it's probably a pretty accurate description. With, with pressurized bladders, as he's yes, referred to. Yes, exactly. I, I love it when you you make some observation and then and then uh, assign it to me. 
Are you saying this? No, I'm not saying it. No, but then when you, I think about you it, you're right. Okay. So, Dr. Doctor Siegel, working with expansion tanks and pressurized bladders, um, has had a busman's holiday working doing DIY at home. Two, the third F1 race in Melbourne was the Sunday before Easter, and it was a cracker of a race with Red Bull's Max Verstappen being the fastest car on the track. Teammate Checo Perez poorly with Max on pole. The two uh, Mercedes were surprisingly P2 and P3, and perhaps they could have teamed up to defeat Max. There were unfortunately several driver errors and collisions with no one hurt that led to three red flags and two standing restarts, and in the end, Max was P1, seven-time champion Lewis Hamilton of Mercedes in P2, and double world champion 41-year-old Fernando Alonso scoring his third P3 in a row. For those who enjoy trivia, that represented 11 world championship drivers on the podium. There's a short a short spring break until the next race in Baku, Azerbaijan at month's end. Three, belated baby report. Over the past two working weekends, one circumcision, seven babies, and two middle-of-the-night non-cesarean emergency surgeries. Please note that as I've worked on this note during Sunday, I type as the master's is about to conclude and a baby is about to come as well. False alarm, baby born, mom and babe all fine, and I got to see the very end. So he got to see, he got to see the, <laughs> of the, the very end of what? Yeah, the, well, certainly of the, the masses, delivery yes. or the race. Um, but uh, but that reminds me, Rebecca, yeah. Masters weekend, two thousand three on the on, so on moving weekend. day Saturday. You and I were married, so it was our twentieth wedding anniversary. We should it have was. we should have celebrated that. Uh, Doctor Siegel's note reminds me that uh, what two weeks ago was our 20th wedding anniversary. So so let me be the first to say to you, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Oh, thank you. Four, finally, our seven-week-old new grandson is doing well, and he has charmed everyone, especially his older sister, who at four can't keep her, can't keep her eyes off him. Do you remember, Rebecca, when our children, when we'd have a, a newborn and the older siblings would be fascinated by the baby for anywhere from one to three days? And then at what age did the resentment set in? With our, with our, with our, our second born, the first born 18, resented her. 20 months. It was like 20 minutes. 20 but months, yeah. 20 months? She was lo- 20 months old. Oh, the f- it was no, the first time she met her. Yeah, yeah. The, no, the well, resentment set yeah, in. When she saw that we were bringing her home. But, yes. um, but the others, I think it lasted. There was more of like a two or three day honeymoon period. All the best. Gary, Gary, thank you. As always, um, your Iron Man streak continues and, and we're forever grateful. Rebecca, that's all we have. I think it's plenty. We've had this is a long podcast. How long have we been going? An hour and two minutes. Ooh, too long. It's too long. Well, once Denny works his magic, it'll, it'll be, be down an to hour eight and minutes. three. <laughs> For producer Denny Gallagher. And Tom Dickhari, please play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pad live in this cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity. To a daily test 
androgynous ambiguous while we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane